and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. So, uh, Paul, I, I'm checking the calendar. Yes, and sir. I can't help but notice that that you're not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Um, but Hurricane Florence had other ideas. So uh, this weekend is the start of Halloween Horror Nights. And as you guys know, every year I go down to Florida for the start of this event at Universal Studios Orlando. And, um, well, this week... Hurricane Florence had other ideas. It's been a roller coaster week. You know, at the beginning of the week, it looked like it was going to be a Category 4 storm smacking us um, right now, actively. Um, however, um, and so because of that, I was like, well, even if I was able to move my flight earlier and get out and get down to Florida, am I really the guy who's going to be taking selfies down in Florida while my family's getting beat by a Category 4 hurricane? And so I decided... <laughs> And, and in all honesty, I thought the answer was yes. Yeah, well, that's yeah. What I, was, you know, I, I, I am, you know, wildly, wildly surprised. Well, note that it was a question, right? Like it wasn't like a, it, it was an active debate. It wasn't an easy decision. Um, but Southwest made it easy for me. But I did cancel everything. And then Southwest actually canceled all flights out, um, I think, on Thursday. So I would have been screwed regardless. So instead, uh, we will be having our Halloween Horror Nights coverage in mid-October. However, Hurricane Florence, by the time it made landfall, was basically a Category 1. It moved south. There are flooding, you know, situations uh, down in the Carolinas. So, you know, I don't want to say it's much ado about nothing. But here in Virginia Beach, it, we we got a, dr a light drizzle um, th this morning uh, and yesterday. And that's about it. So well, basically, Aaron had worse weather than you did, is yes. what I just heard. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. I had a little bit of a flood here last week. Uh, we had some flash flooding with, with some rain. But, uh, you know, I think Paul will tell you that I was very concerned on his behalf all week long. I, you know, I kept sending him notes. Are you stocked up on rum? Are you stocked up on Doritos? If you don't hurry up and get to the store, you're going to have to only get the cool ranch. All the nacho cheese Doritos will be gone. And then I would have just walked out into the hurricane. Just just take me away. <laughs> Need a bottom news in his sandbags. <laughs> well, bright side right. of things, DCU saw my plight and launched uh, the DC Universe a couple days early. Uh, we are recording this on September 15th, which is Batman Day, which is the announced release date for DC Universe. However, they, they dropped it, I think, on Thursday. They went live on Thursday with the app. Um, and I, I pre-ordered it. I, I went ahead and did it. I said, screw it. You know, it, it's a it, it, right now I, I get the three extra months free. Let me just go ahead and do it. Um, now, a couple things are, are cool about this, which is that uh, right now you can pre-order the, the set of those Justice League animated series action figures. Um, they're pricey, but they're very cool. Uh, th those are exclusive to DCU members. Um, so it went live on Thursday, and I, I immediately check, started checking out the app. It's it's you know it's it's got some opening day or opening weekend bugs that they're still fixing out you know uh, some thumbnails don't necessarily match what the program is that kind of thing um, but in general if if you're a DC fan it's great however for me it's a bit of a meh uh, at least right now um, I, I'm I'm gonna chalk this up as one of my free months so I don't get pissed off about it um, because uh, it, it is. 100% everything that's on there I that I want to see 
I already own. Um, and, you know, it, it does have things I don't own, obviously. It has, like, the Wonder Woman, classic Wonder Woman TV series, um, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, uh, things like that. The, it has the Superboy TV series, stuff I don't own, but stuff I really didn't have a desire su- to watch. I'm actually kind of surprised you don't own the Lois and Clark series. Uh, you know, it's... Um, it, I, it, it's not something that I would necessarily want to rewatch over and over. It does surprisingly have that brand new Death of Superman movie that I just recently paid for. I could have right. saved the money there. Um, but, you know, I, I actually I, I have been wanting to watch the old Superboy series. So it's on here. That's a, that's actually worthwhile to me. And I can rewatch all of Young Justice. And it actually has the Legion of Superheroes show, which was Ooh. never fully released on uh, right. DVD. So right. I enjoyed that show that. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons, which I do own. Um, Static Shock, Batman Beyond, you know, all the Bruce Tim, Paul Dini series. Uh, you know, so it does have some good stuff. Ultimately, though, you know, for the most part, I own most of the stuff that I wanted to see right. on here, uh, or, th- or that that is available on here. But you know, it is still you know a, a pretty decent package. Now, as it relates to the Comics. Comics, because Aaron actually asked me about the comics. Um, the You know, they, they, they describe it as a carefully curated selection of comics. And what that means to me is a limited right. collection of comics. So they have, um, you know, they have stories that are designed for, that are new reader friendly or designed to get you into comics. So, you know, you have Batman Year One and Two, for example. You have the saga of the Red Hood. You have a lot of first issues um, from Rebirth and New Fifty Two, um, some classic Neil Adams stuff. It, it's it's got a it's got a large selection, but it's you know it's a lot of first issues that or first couple of issues um, for um, basically to inspire you to buy more. That's what I was about to say. Hook you yeah. and then piss you off. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, it's it's not that digital vault we've been hoping for, right? Not yet. And it, here's yeah. the thing. I'm sure it will be at some point. And I will say the guided view on this is basically the same as Comixology, but there's nothing on here that isn't, uh, now, to my knowledge, you, available on Comixology. Have you put it up on your TV screen yet? Because that's one of the neat things that, that the app allows you to do is is to stream it to your television. I have not yet. So that's something I'm looking forward to messing with. So, I, I mean, that, that for that for me, I think is 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 huge is being able to read your comic books on your you know big flat screen TV. So hmm. that's exactly why I didn't buy into the service yet, because the devices it's on, I don't use any of those. If you have a, a Chrome stick or an Amazon Fire or anything that will allow you to stream from your iPad to the television or phone to the television, oh, right. you're, you're fine. Um, you, you'll be. But I don't do have any of those. I do all of my streaming through a PlayStation 4. Yeah, and I don't know that. Well, I mean, for 20 bucks you can get a Chrome stick. But to your point, you would need something additional. And I'm sure it'll be a PS4 app. Um so and and I, and I do want to say that the they do have the remastered Batman animated series on here. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice. It, now, if you is it is it is it pretty? It is pretty. It is pretty. Yeah. But it's funny, you know. To a certain extent, these were not meant to be viewed in a high definition, right? Right. So, oh, when, so th- th- it's almost it's almost too smooth, right? Because yeah. that's not a that's not exactly the way they were intended to be seen, right? 
when you think about the the state of television in 1989. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it does have Batman Mask of the Phantasm, uh, oh. so, which, you know, I've been wanting to see remastered. So I'm looking very right. forward to rewatching that because the only version I have is the the classic clamshell uh, DVD edition. I would love to see an HD remaster of the Fleischer cartoons. Yeah. And they're on yeah, here. I, I just don't know if they're remastered. I, I, I don't think they've done a done an HD version of those. I, I you know, because number one, I think they're all in public domain, and I don't yeah. think anyone spent the money to to remaster them. Yeah, so it's a start. There's plenty of content as a start. Again, most of it I own, um, but the, yeah. there there are a couple of things that I don't that are still interesting, um, and a couple of remaster things that I'll certainly dive into. I don't regret it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I no regrets. Uh, no regrets. But while DCU lives. DCEU seems to be dying a slow, steady death because uh, this week, the the big rumor, which is pseudo-denied, pseudo-confirmed, who the hell knows, is that Henry Cavill is out as Superman um, after no, failed I contract saw that negotiations. He, I, I saw that that's, that that's fake news. Fake news, hashtag fake news. Yo, <laughs> no, so what Warner Brothers has released a statement saying, while we certainly, while we don't currently have any plans... With Superman, <laughs> we, our relationship with Henry Cavill is good, which to me huh. says it, it's it, we're not going to see him again anytime soon. Yeah, because I thought they had well, I thought they already had a second movie in planned, but apparently not. I think that was just rumored. He was supposed to, apparently the, the rumor is that contract negotiations fell through for him to make a cameo appearance in Shazam. Uh, well, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like anything around uh, wages. It was around scheduling because he took that Netflix gig. Yeah, the, the and, uh, he couldn't he couldn't find time to show up for a few minutes on the on the screen for Shazam. Yeah, so I mean, and and obviously one of the the other big rumor, non confirmed, um, is that because of Ben Affleck's insurance <laughs> costs uh, for hiring Ben Affleck due to his uh, you know his alcoholism issues. Um, he's out as Batman as well. I think that's far more likely. I agree. I think it's, I think it's far more likely that Ben's out, which is, I mean, good God. I mean, you lose your Batman, you lose your Superman. I mean, what the hell do you have over there? I mean, yeah, you get, you got yourself some Gal Gadot and she's, she's wonderful. And you got your Jason Momoa and everybody seems to love him. But, uh, I think it's, I think it's rough that, uh, they're looking to, that they could potentially be looking to recast two of the top three. Yeah. But don't worry, they still have plenty of bad CGI. <laughs> it would be like Marvel losing Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. after the first Avengers movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's 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 a bad place for them to be in. I hope they turn it around, but it just seems rather aimless over there. Um and it you know, and I don't want to say it it doesn't seem like it should be that damn hard, but it doesn't seem to be like it seemed to be that or it seemed to me, that it should be so damn hard to it's just hold to on say. to your actors. Yeah, I mean, I'm outside. Well, and I, I, part of it, part of it is that DC or Warner, I should say, hasn't committed. Right? I mean, they should be, they should be locking up uh, their actors' schedule with movie shoots. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Oh, you know, we just finished the Shazam shoot. Let's see if we can get some cameos of Superman in it. I mean, that should have been booked a long time ago. They can't recover after they stumble, right? Like Marvel, they lost uh, Edgar Wright pretty late into the production of Ant-Man. Yeah. No problem. Still got it out on time. Uh, Still a good movie. Yeah. The only, you know, now, (laughs) right now, Marvel's struggling a little bit with the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. But other than that, they, you know, 
thus far they've they've figured it out. They they lost Ed Norton, got Mark Ruffalo. Like they they've not missed a step. Right. No, I I I just Warner just can't seem to figure this out. They just can't seem to figure it out. I I think it's because they they focus so far in that they're not they don't have a they don't have a global uh, image of what they want to do. Well, and I think they're take they're they're taking very tentative steps. They're like, okay, well, let's do this next one and see how that goes. Instead of laying down, a, like, here's what we're doing. These here's are the wave one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, because that's what Marvel did, right? You know, once they had their their firm footing with Iron Man, they said, okay, we've got this. Here is our plan, and then they executed. And DC, you know, keeps keeps fouling the ball, and you know, oh, let's try something else, you know. Yeah. Their only hit's been Wonder Woman. You know, I, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I I enjoyed Man of Steel. I enjoyed Justice League, but they weren't hits. Yeah, as far uh, as movies that didn't cause them to say, shit, we need to do something different, right? Like, with Wonder Woman, they're like, we need to do more of that. With Man of right. Steel, they're like, hold on, we need to put Batman in here. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. because people don't want to just see Superman. Maybe Batman will fix this. <laughs> it's every step on the way they made the wrong choice for what was wrong. They didn't acknowledge what they really did wrong. And I mean, even so, Wonder Woman was a huge success, and I really enjoyed it. But have you gone back and rewatched it several times? It, Love it. It has some of the same problems that the others do when it comes to, like that final battle is an all big CGI battle setting that doesn't make any sense at all and doesn't look like it's in the real world. You're right. It's not a perfect film, but what is perfect about that film is the tone. Yeah, the and, tone is great. The story yeah. is great. She's great in it. The acting's great. My only complaint about it is that final battle scene. Absolutely. It goes horrible CGI. But you can say the same thing about Iron Man. You can say the same thing about Hulk. I mean, Marvel made those same missteps, really. And continues to, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, how, how many big hole-in-the-sky fights do we have to have? Those so. fights at least look like they're on Earth, though. Marvel's bad CGI is nowhere near as bad as DC's CGI. I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I just I really wish that they'd get their shit together. But, you know, I, I, it is a strange world, and I'll tie this back to, you know, Paul's DC app. Uh, it is a strange world where I'm looking forward to a doomsday television – or not a doomsday, a dooms patrol uh, uh, television show because Brendan F- Fraser as Robot Man – Really kind of tickles me. Yeah, that seems kind I, of an interesting choice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Stargirl because from yeah. everything I hear, it's going to have a much lighter tone to it. Yeah. And uh, that I think will be good for it. Uh, speaking of movies, though, I did finally see Black Panther. That's a good movie. It hit uh, Netflix. So I was able to watch it streaming and really enjoyed it. It's a good uh, movie. Yeah, the, the previews never really grabbed me like they did everyone else because I'm not a huge Black Panther fan, but they did a very good job with the movie. Everything seemed spot on. Well, you know, at least uh, one thing we can look forward to, should they get the DCEU back on track, is the nice big CG battle between Superman and Rogel's R. <laughs> so, you know, Paul was out on Superman. Uh, out. You know, he, he was uh, he was he was out, you know, after two issues of, of some Rogel czar bullshit. Uh, Paul is like, F this action comics will be my jam. I'm out. Of well, and, and let's be honest, 
even there, I was I, w- I was maybe giving it one <laughs> you're more dubious. Issue. Yeah. yeah, you're dubious on action comics. So I bought Superman because, you know, hope springs eternal. Rebellions are built on hope. And uh, I uh, I just I needed some Superman this week. And I got to tell you, Wayne, I don't know how you felt about this, but I really liked this issue. I still hated it. Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> I, I liked it so much that I told Paul that I liked it and uh, peer pressured him into joining me into a brilliantly illustrated issue by Ivan Rice, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis. And I'll just tell you real quickly what I thought about this book is it had a whole lot of Superman doing the things that I thought Superman ought to be doing and acting the way Superman ought to be acting and being, you know, when you're super fast, you should be taking care of a lot of things really fast. And I liked that Superman was moving with the speed of ideas. Um, I, I liked how quickly he jumps into things. I liked how quickly he formulated plans. I liked everything about Superman's actions in this book. Uh, and Rogel's are, strangely enough, did not annoy me. Um, and I liked the his interactions with the Phantom Zone villains. That said, I'll kick it to Paul, who I lured into the van to read a Superman book. You know, I will say, I did not hate this issue. It is mm-hmm. certainly of the three issues of this title, uh, my favorite of the three. Uh, I, I thought the the art by Ivan Rice is gorgeous. This God, is it's a amazing. beautiful book, considering yeah. it's a monthly book. Um, mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm sure he had some lead time, but wow, the the I mean, there are some gorgeous two page spreads. Um, and I, I will say, this is the first time in the I'm going to say eight appearances of Rogelzar that I haven't mm-hmm. hated the character. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, he had a little bit more, more oomph to him. Uh, now that being said, it's still not, you know, it, it's still not as good as I want this book to be. Um, there are still some like rather odd choices. Like the, the ending, despite being a gorgeous two page spread falls a little flat, um, for me. Uh, but I, I will say it, it was good enough for me to commit to a fourth issue. Now, uh, I, 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 I thought the scene with Adam strange was kind of fun. God. I was just about to talk about that. You know, one of the things that, you know, Bendis is is really strong with comedy and working, you know, the 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 comedy is organic to the story and organic to the characters. It's telling the joke within the continuity of the character. And so, you know, the setup in this book is that Earth somehow has wound up inside the Phantom Zone with all the Phantom Zone bad guys that have been sent there uh, via Krypton ju- uh, Kryptonian justice. And so <laughs> you know, it makes you wonder, well, you know, what's back in, in our universe if the Earth is here and it cuts to space where Earth used to be and you can see the International Space Station and uh, Adam Strange has appeared there via his Zeta beam and he spends two... Uh, panels, you know, just kind of floating there looking around (laughs) and the dialogue kills me. Guys, hey, it's Adam Strange all the way from Ron. A pause while he just waits. It's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll start off with the things I liked about this book because, again, there's a lot that I liked. Uh You you guys already hit the artwork is incredible. I'm very happy all the way through with the artwork. Superman is in character and acting in character. Bendis does a great job of that 
Uh, that scene you just talked about was one of my big highlights was the Adam Strange thing. Uh, there is a lot about it. It's one of the same things. It's been Venice's entire run has been a love hate thing for me is he's does a good job with the characters voices with, you know, I liked Livewire and she's always been one of my favorite Superman villains, but I still just really, I don't like the, I don't like the Phantom Zone story. I don't like Rogelzar. I'm done with him. I want him gone. I did love that they take the time to talk about the fact that now that Earth is in the Phantom Zone, it's not spinning. Right. And they they deal with that. I mean, like, how many times in the history of comics in DC has the Earth been stolen and they never deal with something like that until this is the first time I've seen them deal with it where that's going to cause a problem. Yeah, I I, I... – I, I thought it was a really strong issue and, and uh, just a breath of fresh air in, you know, from the previous two. I, I dug this book quite a bit. Yeah, it was I would say it was the best of the three so far. But I just I'm done with this guy. I I think but, I'm going to stick on through the storyline, but I want him gone. I want them to move on to something new. Well, don't get me wrong. I want Rogelzar to go away as well. I just was happy to have a book where I I felt like Superman was being Superman. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, you know, that that is definitely a strength of of Bendis's run, which is that Superman certainly acts in character, but you know, he he doesn't act like, for example, a forty year old woman. Uh, <laughs> so Sterling Gates uh, yesterday on Twitter posted the following comment: "I was fired off Supergirl summer of 2010. I was told the higher ups felt quote." I felt that I, quote, wrote her like a 40-year-old woman, end quote, and they wanted someone who could write an angrier, more youthful Kara. I cried in the parking lot of a subway while stress-eating a meatball sub. Um, and this is a response to um, this trending topic on Twitter. Uh, hey, comic pros, what's a moment at which you had serious doubts about whether or not you'd make it in comics? And that was his response to it. Now, you guys are reading kind of an angsty Supergirl book right now, so I thought it would be interesting, you know, in the context of that quote. Yeah, and, and let me just go on record. I loved the Sterling Gates Supergirl. Oh, yeah, same uh, here. Of course, you know, I'm an older gentleman. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I really did. I, I, I That was the – prior to this run of Supergirl, that was the last uh, Supergirl that I really enjoyed. I had a really hard time reading uh, the more recent uh, Supergirl stories. Yeah, I enjoyed the beginning of the new 52 Supergirl, but they changed it very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I never had a problem with his version of Supergirl. No. I mean, my favorite version uh, story-wise was the uh, the one with the Matrix Supergirl, which I think it was. Oh, yeah. Was yeah, it Peter David writing it? Uh, yes, he wrote the series. Yes, that's yes, correct. I, that was still my favorite version of Supergirl. Yeah. I just love the writing on that and the story, but I've read a lot of different versions and I've I definitely didn't think that uh, his version sounded like a 40 year old woman that's for sure yeah no I agree well in the uh, the current issue of Supergirl issue number 22 is the second part of this new uh, story arc the killers of Krypton in which Supergirl's trying to figure out if if Rogel Czar was telling the truth that he uh, was responsible for the death of Krypton, and was there a conspiracy to kill Krypton? And uh, I got to tell you, uh, you know, for me, one of the one of the big hits in this book is the artwork by Kevin McGuire. I just thoroughly love 
this artwork i i i just i'm really getting getting a kick out of how he draws supergirl how he draws crypto uh i I just it's very enjoyable yeah he does he does something very difficult he shows emotions and emotives on a dog right yeah no and and he makes he makes crypto seem doggy you know, and that's certainly something in the new 52 we had lost for a time when, you know, crypto was some strange Kryptonian wolf thing uh, as opposed to, you know, the, the, the family dog. Um, so, I mean, I'm really digging that. Uh, I, I will say that every time he's got a panel, because Supergirl has got uh, uh, Rogelzar's axe that she's brought with her as, you know, evidence in this mystery that she's trying to solve. And, you know, uh, Supergirl has left the earth to, you know, sort out this mystery. Well, the, the ax is huge because Rogel czar is huge. And so her little girl hands on the ax handle always seem a little suggestive to me. Um, <laughs> I, I, every time I see it, I'm like, I don't know if I've just got a really dirty mind, which I'm willing to own, but I I also feel like the artist is is you know winking at the reader that hey yeah does that shaft remind you of anything? Uh, <laughs> it, I'm gonna every, say I think that's just you, Aaron. No, I don't. I I I I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. I feel like there. I feel like someone's saying something, but uh, and maybe it's me. But uh, I dig this book a lot. And yeah, Kara's a little angry. You know, because it, but I, I feel like it at least she's got a reason to be on fire about this that, yeah. you know, and she acknowledges it. I mean, right. it's not like the ragey red uh, Supergirl that we've seen in the past. She's angry, but she realizes when she's she talks to Kyle and she snaps at him and she realizes, wait a minute, I was out of line. Right. And steps it back. I mean, that she's a teenage girl and realizes that she's. Not always all together. Yeah. What did you think of that new costume she was wearing? I, I don't loved think I've, it. I don't think I, I've seen that before. I wouldn't want it to be the regular costume, but I loved no. it. She I, and Paul, you didn't read this, did you? No, I'm still not on. So she wears this black and red Supergirl costume that's full body. It's not the skirt, and it, it's like her special. This is me in ninja mode. I t- totally dug the costume. Yeah, the cape is completely black, and she's uh-huh. sneaking in. And I, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I really dig it. And you know, Kevin McGuire's got just a, a, a terrific sense for the acting in the book, and he's got a terrific sense for the character as well as just being able to to demonstrate all the action. So I'm, 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 I'm way down. I am way down for more of Supergirl. One thing I really enjoyed is. There's a point where the lanterns are standing against her and she whistles. Well, she doesn't whistle. She yells for crypto. Right. And shortly after she realizes, you know, oh, they can actually help me. But she's given crypto a command already. Right. A lot of writers would have had crypto come in and uh, realize that the situation had changed. He's a dog. He's been given a command. He's still attacks. Yeah. I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great book. Big, big thumbs up. So last week, we we didn't get a chance to talk about the new issue of Batman, Batman number 54, which, you know, after a, a sad couple of Mr. Freeze centric issues of Batman, uh, we, we, we have a bit of a, a 
flashback, current time, reevaluation of the relationship between Dick Grayson and Batman through this hard time in Batman's life. Um, written by Tom King, art by Lee, not Lee Weeks, uh, who did the art on this? Tim Sale? Matt Wagner? Matt Wagner. Uh, so, Tim, you read this book. I did. What did you think? Um, so, I loved the part uh, is that you could tell by the coloring if it was a flashback or if it was uh, kind of in in uh, in continuity time. I felt like the 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 flashback pages had a little less uh, sharpness to them, which was kind of cool to me. Um, I I liked it. I I think Dick Grayson was a, the the voice of Dick Grayson was a little off to me. This Dick Grayson reads like the 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 Robin that was leading the Teen Titans back in the eighties. Since then, I feel like Nightwing's had a lot of life experience, and so maybe he is playing up the you know the the Robin that Batman needs. You know, maybe he's he's drawing back to what he sounded like when he was younger to help to help Bruce out because he thinks that's what he needs. But I had a hard time making the connect of if this doesn't necessarily sound like the character that I, I've seen lately. I, I, I that is absolutely how I interpreted it, that he was playing it up to hit those notes. It felt like Dick was was trying to hit those notes that Bruce hit. When he, you know, uh, took Dick in, uh, you know, right shortly after his parents died. And I, I felt like that was intentional on the part of Dick Grayson. Uh, I, I didn't feel like that was an error in the writing. And maybe I'm just reading too much into that. But that, but because of how heavy the book was in those, you know, flashbacks and in those remembered sequences, I felt like that was intentional on the part of the character, not as well as obviously the writer. If I if I take it that way, then it makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No. Absolutely. Why don't we go with that? Because yeah. honestly, like the last couple, uh, you know, the 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 pre, the post breakup, Batman has been has been some pretty good writing. So let's let's go with that. Um, that said, this is basically a story of uh, watching Batman uh, take in. Dick Grayson after the death of his parents and turning it around so that at this point, Dick Grayson is here for Bruce. Right. And Bruce is very stereotypically F you because that's, that's how he is. He likes the family. He wants the family. Something bad happens. I, I can't have a family because my family always gets hurt. And I, I love Dick Grayson basically being like, yeah, I'm just going to freeload in your house. Uh, deal with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love the, you know, I, you, you know, I don't need help. I'm the Batman. And you know, Dick's like, OK, well, I'm going to help you anyway. You know, tough shit. <laughs> you know, I, 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 and I love that about about Dick Grayson. I, I really do. And I, I, you know, it's funny to me. I think some of the tenderest moments in comics of, of late have been. You know, have been moments in Batman, you know, that, you know, the, I, I, I hearken back to um, the the issue where 
Batman while uh, several years back where he just hugs Damien, you know, where it's that it's that. And I was like, God, that needs to be a Father's Day card. You know, uh, I, I just there are these moments because, you know, Batman's such a badass and he's he's so broken as a human being. But there are moments where he engages with the with the family around him. And there are moments like this. I mean, there is no the 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 superhero fighting in this book is is background, like literally background <laughs> to this story. But I loved this book from, from beginning to end. I like I love the artwork. It's not it's not a straight out, you know, modern Batman storytelling style. It is very much a nostalgic look at Batman. Uh, and I thought it worked really well for this for this story. And let me just say, Tom King does one and done better than anybody. You know, this is this is just a one off issue that, yeah, ties into the overall arc. But, you know, it it starts. It has a middle. It has an ending. And I just I think it's I think it's brilliantly done. So you get some of that, some of that, um, those touching moments from uh, Jonathan, Jonathan and, and Clark. Uh, at least yeah. you did when people gave a shit about having a family in Superman. Right. Yeah. But it it it's more it's more impactful in Batman because I think in a lot of ways less is more that those characters aren't as tied into the the whole touchy feely family stuff. Yeah. And so I, I totally agree. It make it makes. A lot of sense. Um, yeah, no, this was a very. You could give this book to anybody, and you they wouldn't necessarily need to know something other than Bruce has gone through some crap, right? And you'd be locked in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, we had a very. It did have a kind of a, a Batman Adventures, Batman sixty six kind of look to it, which I like. I said I, I enjoyed. Yeah, so. I did too. I thought this was a strong book. Yeah, really good book, Paul. Well, you know, I, I liked it. I thought it was, you know, it's funny. You, you, you talked about the voice of um, of Dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're nine years old, Paul. Neither of us did that the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric, who is known for being like that. <laughs> yeah. but, you That's know, because to... you guys don't love Dick like Paul loves Dick. <laughs> this <laughs> is true. Ah, we've gone off the rails. Uh, the, the only thing I would say is, um, to me, I, I enjoyed the book quite a bit. It read a bit like uh, like it was almost written by Judd Winnick. Uh, it had that Judd yeah, Winnick would... writing style to it. Um, which I, I liked Judd Winnick's uh, arc on Batman and the way he wrote Dick Grayson. So I, I enjoyed this book. I really did. Uh, and if we're talking about family books, we should probably talk about this week's issue of Fantastic Four, which is very much, um, you know, after last week's or last issues uh, following of The Thing and Johnny Storm. Uh, this issue was all about the Richards, uh, Franklin and Valeria, who are older than when we left them at the end of Secret Wars, and uh, Reed and Sue. Yeah, and you know they they've been off in the multiverse creating universes to explore, which seems a little strange, but okay. Well, that was the setup at the end of uh, Secret War, so. Yeah, was, you know, I I found it interesting that they they create a new universe every day, and then just like travel it and then leave it and i'm like that seems rather careless yeah um, and even more than that the universes they're creating seemed kind of ridiculous uh -huh. it's like okay i want water planets okay this universe has more water stuff this universe has more caves they're making themed universes i didn't care for that aspect <laughs> yeah yeah this one's all made out of nougat 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, apparently we weren't the only ones that thought that because the griever of worlds, I think I got that right, um, yes. said, you know what? These worlds are stupid. Or the griever yeah. at the end of all things. And so she just decided, you know what? I'm just going to destroy them all. And so that's what uh-huh. she, I mean, she doesn't destroy all of them. They make a stand um, on, on one of the worlds uh, by the end of the issue. But she certainly destroys a number of the universes that they've created. And, uh, and and as promised, we get an appearance of the Fantastic Four all together, and not just the four, but everyone who has been a member of the Fantastic Four at some point in their careers, except for Grey Hulk. Um, I don't know why, why Hulk isn't on here. You know, he's not on this page, but when you look at the... Like uh, the preview for next issue. Oh, he's in there. He's yeah. on the cover. That's true. Okay. So well, when I look at the people on the page, I'm excited for some of these. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the uh, the she thing back there. I haven't seen her in years, and that was the time period I really got into. Wasn't Fantastic wasn't she Four. called Ms. Marvel for a while? Or Mar? I, I want to say wa- she she was, but she gave the title back. Right. And then the uh, the thing costume but, like the robotic armor back her, there. Actu- her, her actual name, I believe, is Sharon. I forget. I her think last so name. too. Yeah. Uh, I wondered about the Ghost Rider because which Ghost Rider is this? Because it was the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider that was a member of the Fantastic Four, but I don't think he exists anymore. Well, and Wolverine's in here. So my question is, are we plucking characters out of time or is this all current incarnations of these characters that that have been part of the four at some point? That's a good question because Wolverine, the return of Wolverine is next week. Right. But, you know, well, and Marvel would never tell a story outside of continuity or or you know, disregard continuity for the sake of a story. They would never do that. No, never. Yeah. Uh, uh. But, you know, Paul, guys, you know, it seemed fairly easy for the Richards to, you know, reach back to the 616. Right. And and, you know, send a signal. I mean, it didn't seem like, you know, they were able to do it on the fly. So it seemed fairly i mean yes it was urgent that they did it but it didn't seem like they had to you know overcome any huge obstacles to you know send a note home to johnny and ben which begs the question what kind of terrible human beings are sue and reed that they allowed johnny and ben to believe them dead uh and and wind up in a situation that almost has johnny committing suicide well, I disagree with that, Aaron. When you go through, they talk about trying to send a message back, and they're not able to. Only the, because they've traveled so far away, but they get closer and they can send a message. So, And, you know, yeah, they were running to get closer, but they were only running to get closer because they were being chased. They had plenty of time to say, hey, let's back up and get closer to home and send a message to our family. True. That's, and I, want, I wonder if they realized that they everyone thought they were dead either. Well, and I, I also, you know, in the pages of Marvel 2 and 1, and please understand that I know that we that uh, Marvel is not one to uh, hold characters to the same rules, title over title. But in the pages of Marvel 2 and 1, re, uh, Ben and Johnny lose their powers because they are connected to the Fantastic Four, and because the uh, Reed and Sue are not in the six one six any longer, Ben is less thingy, Johnny is less torchy, and uh, you know they they lose their powers. 
I'm I'm wondering if that's going to be addressed because Reed and Sue don't appear to have this problem. Yeah, I've been waiting for that to be answered, and I have a feeling that may be answered in the two and one because they have their powers. Uh, Johnny and Ben have their powers back already in the first issue of Fantastic Four. Right. I if that doesn't get dealt with, I'm going to be really annoyed. Yeah. I think that we also have to ask the question of what's going on with uh, Franklin, where he is creating worlds of people to have sex with his sister. What's up with that? (laughs) Free will, Aaron. Free will. (laughs) In fairness, he's creeped out about the idea. (laughs) Well, he's just he is telling people he's creeped out by the idea. But if he was truly creeped out about it, he would create a world where that doesn't happen. Fair point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's nothing hotter than sex with your sister. Paul tells me that all the time. I have literally yeah. never said such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a huge kick out of uh, Sue talking about uh, this alien that she, the, uh, Valeria falls in love with. Or Valerie. I've never known how to pronounce it. Valeria. And so Sue's describing him basically as Namor. And eventually Reed will get it. And the moment he gets it, they're off the planet immediately. Yeah, no, I I thought that was great. Slot's got a great uh, ear for the voices of these characters. Agreed. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I thought this was a fun book. I've got some some complaints, but hopefully they'll be resolved in future issues. Um, But I I think it's a big win. I thought the artwork worked in this book, and I, I certainly enjoyed the tone in the story. Yeah, I like the characters talking to each other. I had a lot of issues with it as well, but... I'm happy to see them back together now. Yeah. Uh, they had to do this story to bring them together. I want to see what he does next after the story. Because I, it's the family part of it is I, what I really want to see. And they do a good job with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Wayne, you read another book from Marvel this week that you wanted to touch on. Champions 24. Yep. I'm going to avoid as m- spoilers as much as possible because Aaron's reading this in trade. I am. Uh, so Champions, for anyone that doesn't know, is the kind of a Young Avengers type book with uh, Ms. Marvel, with the uh, with Spider-Man, particularly the Miles Morales version, and a lot of these younger teenage book you know characters. So the reason I picked this one up is it's basically think of it as a very special issue kind of thing. This issue deals with school shootings and. It deals with it as a it's a single one-off issue. Doesn't really deal with any of their ongoing storylines, whatever they may be. And you can read it without having read a single issue of Champions. But it deals with what is this like in a world with superheroes? There is a shooting, a school shooting that happens at Miles's school while he's off being Spider-Man, and he isn't there to do anything about it. So you get to see the power and responsibility type guilt that you usually have with Spider-Man over the fact that he wasn't there and he feels guilty about it. And you have all the characters each have a different reaction and take to school shootings. And they also have some of the schools that the other characters go to have drills. And you have the characters, what are they thinking as they go through active shooter drills? The book was very well done. Uh, I'm not a regular reader of this book. I don't know about the normal quality of it, but it took this topic very seriously. It didn't try to gloss over it and just say, oh, superheroes will fix all of this. 
and it really dealt with the teenage aspect of all of these characters and what it's like to be in a world where school shootings actually happen. And even if you have superpowers, you can't stop them. I, I really enjoy Champions. Uh, I, I have uh, really dug this iteration. It reads terrific in trade. Uh, and I'm looking forward to reading the book you're talking about when I pick up the next volume. Yeah, very highly recommend this. And like I said, it's a standalone issue. So even if you're not regularly reading the book, you can pick up just this issue and read it. Excellent. So, Paul. Yes, sir. Um, what's coming out next week? Well, you know, we have new issues of books like Batman and, and Pearl. Um, and as Wayne mentioned, The Return of Wolverine comes out next week. But really, there's only two books that you need to worry about next week. One, Mr. Miracle number 11 comes Ooh. out. The next to last issue of Tom King and Mitch Jarrett's uh, Mr. Miracle, um, you know, maxi series that has just been a masterpiece. And... For me, anyway, Dick Tracy, um, you know, uh, Dead or Alive, which is a four-part miniseries from IDW. I guess they worked out that rights issue that Archie Comics wasn't able to. Um, brand new Dick Tracy miniseries coming from from uh, IDW, written who's drawing? Uh, drawing uh, Mike Allred. Oh yeah, okay. Could be hit or I miss, but he's the right. He, I think he's the right fit for this character. Yeah, I do. I think he's the right tone for that style of book. And who's writing it? Uh, Lee Allred and Mike Allred. Oh, I, I'm down. I'll, I'll do issue one with you, Paul. Sweet. Yes. So one of the books I'm looking forward to next week is there's a Amazing Spider-Man annual mm -hmm. that is it takes place years ago. So it's it's a tie-in with all the Venom stuff, of course, because Venom is. You know, the movie's getting ready to come out, and they're doing Venom everywhere. But in the original Black Costume Saga, there were, there were events that happened where Spider-Man would wake up, and the suit had taken him out at night, and he doesn't know what happened. This is those stories. Hmm. So it's Spider-Man in the Black Costume, where the symbiote is running him out at night doing things that, that modern-day Peter has no memory of. Huh. So that sounds really interesting to me. Well, we'll have all that and more for you next week. And if you've got a comment about anything we talked about today, give us a call at 817, no, 972. God, what is our phone number? 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the program, you'll win a valuable, coveted ideology of madness surprise. You can also find us on Twitter at Ideology Madness or at IOM Geek. And you can also find us at, at IOM Geek on Instagram. Ooh. And I don't know how the hell they find you on Facebook, Paul. Oh, it, you're <laughs> IOM Geek on Facebook. Because, you know, I don't, I don't do the book of face. But anyway, <laughs> there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. You should do that. Thanks a bunch. Have a great day. Hi, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.